Welcome, folks. This is Mark Steiner, and welcome to another Mark Steiner Show podcast. We are going to keep re-examining, examining uh, the Confederate statues coming down in Baltimore and around and what they symbolize for our city, what people are saying and doing. We have an interesting crew here to, to leap into this next part of our dialogue on this. We have with us in studio Pablo Maccioli, who is the, a, a local interdisciplinary artist who created the Madre Lu statue that was of Harriet Tubman, the pregnant Harriet Tubman-looking statue that was where the Jackson Lee Monument was. He's in the studio with us, along with Bilal Johnson Bay, founder of D3T Magazine, who worked in this piece as well. Uh, Owen Silverman Andrews, who's community organizer and educator. Uh, and uh, Carl Stokes, executive director of uh, Banneker Blake Academy. Yes, sir. Who's in the middle of this as well. And our old friend Sheila Gaskins, uh, co-founder of Art Partied and member of the Theater Action Group, Good to have you all here. Good Great to be, to be here. here with you, Mark. All right, Mark. so where do we begin this massive conversation on uh, on this Confederate statue? Uh, with I was told to start with Owen, that you are the genesis of some of this. So talk. Well, yeah, I don't take uh, credit for the genesis, but uh, I did start a conversation with Pablo about the white supremacist monuments in our city that other folks, um, you know, had been had been talking about for a long time including Doc Cheatham and other folks who had called for the removal of the Lee Jackson Monument. And so we started collecting petition signatures, delivering them to council members, and uh, we figured in addition to kind of using the organizing tactics, we needed to use public art because that's what we were up against, white supremacist public art. And so I brought Pablo a sketch of uh, Harriet Tubman holding a brick uh, and throwing it at the Lee Jackson Monument. And Pablo um, took it in a, in a slightly different direction, um, and he can, he can attest to that. Well, let's talk about that. I, mean, one the, I, I remember the first time I saw the Madre Lu statue, which was a um, statue when you first looked at it of a black woman pregnant, mm-hmm. arms in the air, uh, that I was later told was Harriet Tubman, symbolizing Harriet Tubman. So talk about it. And then that became the place. People would come just to see this piece that was placed by the Jackson Lee Monument Lee Jackson Monument before it was to- taken away, right? right. So talk about the, the, what, this, what this statue was for you that you built. And Bilal, you were part of this too, right? Building oh, the statue? I'm, I'm, no, I'm pretty new. I just recently moved back from New York where I started the magazine, which covers a lot of the independent and the underground art scene with uh, creative um, teachers, whoever has a creative process. So I've been working with Paolo, just documenting his work and working gotcha. with him on you know murals and just coming to the, the table of talking about community in the next step. So, Pablo, talk about this. Uh, well, thank you to have me here. It's a big opportunity to have a voice. Uh, well, when Owen uh, reached me with the idea of Harry Tuman, you know, drawing the brick, to me, um, the first thing I thought is I, I, w- I was trying to put it myself in the place of this uh, beautiful person activist and I I realize uh, if it's me I don't like to me uh, be portrayed in a violent way and I was telling him hey let me uh, have a couple ideas to be more peaceful because if we want to achieve uh, peace and love doesn't going to be through you know drawing stones <laughs> but I understand uh, perfectly because um, where he came from he uh, was trying to represent the anger uh, and the frustration of many people 
through that, but um, I was there in this moment where I, I, wa I am uh, uh, sharing the same feeling with him and with many people because um, happened to me a lot the the you know the operation and, and police brutality and and I see the racism constantly toward me and to my friends and and family too um, here in Baltimore and that uh, that's why I create Madre Luz which is uh, the representation of a woman first is not Harry Tuman it's the whole woman's uh, of all colors too. Um, it's a black woman, but I think we came all from a woman, and that's why I want to put there to everybody uh, respect first and start the dialogue. And we, yeah, we put it in a specific site into in, in across the museum because this how a lot connection with art and how art is used in our commu community. And now you know uh, this is taking in different directions where we can take advantage and try to change for good. Um. So, and Sheila, you brought this to me first. Yeah. <clears throat> right, with a very specific reason why. Well, because Pablo came to me. He and I, we met at Red Emma's. We were doing some type of workshop and we were having conversations. And um, I, I was representing apartheid and he, 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 he was talking about what was happening, and I was like, well, I know that apartheid can be a vessel to have a conversation about the monuments. And um, one of the beautiful things that Pablo said was that I listened to him. So when he first came to me, I listened. And so we've been connecting ever since, because his heart is a big heart. He's got a big heart, and, his, and, his, um, and plus he's really talented. Um, and his heart is in the right place. So we decided to have a series of conversations about the monuments um, to see what's next after they've been taken down. And that's where we are now. And that's what motivated this conversation here. Yes. What comes next. Right. Carl? Yes. Well, I, you know, I was driving by Wyman Park <laughs> on one nice uh, afternoon, um, the day or two after the uh, Lee statue had been taken down. And so I got out of the car uh, because I wanted to see the Madre Luz. Uh, when I got there, it was on the ground. The statue was on the ground? Yes. On its side? It was right in front of uh, the, the uh, platform where the previous statue had stood. My understanding was that uh, after the Grant Lee statue had been taken down, not Grant Lee, I'm sorry, uh, Lee, Lee Jackson. Jackson statue, right, had been taken down that, uh, that uh, Pablo's statue was elevated and put on the platform. And uh, apparently uh, within that same day evening, someone decided to turn that Pablo's statue over uh, and it hit the ground and, and bust it. So I'd gotten out of the car. I didn't know that all of that had taken place. Uh, I just saw folk milling around and I wanted to see what was going on. Um, and uh, so Owen was there, and Owen and I have been uh, acquaintances, friends for a little while. Um, and Pablo was there. I, I don't think I had met Pablo before that afternoon, but he was just showing me, both of them were showing me what was happening, what was going on. I don't know if they even heard it, but while we were standing there, a guy in a pickup truck said something that I won't repeat mm. um, uh, and you know, kept driving. And, um, and a then, racial epithet? Kind of, sort of like that, yes. 
Yeah, I think it was a little more than a racial epithet. Uh, I think it was a racial epithet, and plus you can telling us where we could go. So mm. it was uh, all of that, uh, which is fine, which not fine with me, right. but it didn't upset me. You know, it, the, the, the aging process sort of inures <laughs> you to <laughs> some of that, right? That. Right. right. When, right. The, when the man says, well, your blood pressure is a little high, Mr. Stokes, I said, oh, okay. I won't get upset about the calling me that, whatever they're calling me. Uh, but ser- more seriously, uh, and then uh, Sheila Owen and Pablo invited me uh, very graciously to come to a set uh, and, and talk about um, uh, not so much about the monuments, but what we would do and what folk ought to do um, to uh, put other uh, things in the places where those monuments were. Um, and. And uh, so that's what the conversation so is now. The statue that was that you that you made, Pablo, that, that statue is gone. You have you, you retrieved your statue. We we esti- we have it after it was taken by the city and put and the kind of they actually dump it and uh, and what is the name? In Druid Hill Park. Yeah, like uh, they dumped like, it in Druid Hill Park. Yeah, like trash after the statue mm-hmm. was uh, used uh, for everybody for like you know we a lot of people take it uh, and through a statue to a statue uh, we create this conversation. The statue become also a voice and and yet yeah, we have it. We recover from there. And yeah, we we have it with us right now, and it's in pieces. But yeah, we're going to you have it. put it. Yeah. So so let's talk about what you think happens now. I mean, let me tell you a little story before we do that. Mm-hmm. So the statues obviously are very meaningful. We've seen that the Francis Scott Key Monument on Utah Place, um, which is a monument I grew up with because I was in that neighborhood a lot as a little boy. Um, had was had red paint thrown on it. You, you all, we all know about that, right? So, um, so the few, about a month ago or so, I was running a forum on homeless youth in Baltimore, which mm-hmm. there are thousands of who live in these abandoned miniums around the city. Mm-hmm. And so we did it in the uh, Unitarian Parish House, Church's Parish House on Charles Street. So I'm sitting there getting ready to start the conversation. And I look up at the corners of the wall, between the wall and the ceiling, the wall and the ceiling meet. And all around the room, there were these names hmm. written up there. So I was looking at the names, and I realized these names were the names of the founders of the city of Baltimore. And then I realized that these names were the names of some of the major streets in Baltimore, from Gorsuch to Payson to Charles to Calvert and all those other names. And then it dawned on me that every one of those names were enslavers. Mm. Right. Who were also signed as the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, wow. the Maryland Constitution, and the founders of the state. Right. So we are taking out these, these monuments, but every time you walk down the street, yeah. you walk down Payson Street. Right. Right. You walk down up Calvert Street. Mm-hmm. Right. Franklin. There they are. There they are. Howard. So there might not be a statue, right. but it has to do with the history of who we are sure. and where this comes from, you know. And so, I, so, so, what does that say to us about statues, no statues, new statues, old statues, our city? What do we have to do? I mean, right. what, what does that tell us about ourselves and where we have to go? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, one thing, one thing that I've learned in this process is that there are these 
very visible uh, celebrations of white supremacists all across the city. Um, but actually, just like Dr. King said, the biggest stumbling block towards freedom are not the KKKers or the outright racists, but the white moderates mm-hmm. uh, who, during the process that Pablo and I have been working on this and others, have said uh, that they agree with the objectives, but not necessarily the direct action that we've been taking. And, and um, so while there are these monuments put up by white supremacists to white supremacists, what we've seen happen over the past couple years is not the movement of those folks who are increasingly isolated, uh, although increasingly active in the current political environment, but we've been seeing uh, movement of white moderates who are either waking up and moving in the right direction or staying where they are and and kind of uh, sniping from the sidelines. And so I just want to say that, of course, we have to do the work uh, to center the histories of resistance and the histories of, of, of regular folks and not white supremacist history, but, but there's two, two components to that, and one is kind of uh, pushing the moderates and not just the easy targets. That's interesting uh, because I never called those people moderates. Um, I thought they were part of the white supremacists. Mm-hmm. They are. They're not moderates. They're the same people who would say, but for state rights, they're the same people who would support slavery mm-hmm. today, not 150 years ago. Those are the same people. The people who are protesting the protesters, they're the people who support slavery. Interesting, though, you are right. Folks are starting to coalesce and to move themselves, if I might, to the left, whatever that might mean. Many white friends say to me, it's amazing, I didn't know, Carl. I said, what the hell are you talking about? I know what they're talking about. I know what they're about to say. I didn't know that it was that virulent. I didn't know that there were so many anti-Semites. I didn't know that there were so many racists. I didn't know that there were so many people who felt that way and would say it. And I said, what street do you live on? Because it happens every day, all day. That's, that's called willful ignorance. I don't know. Well, is it, let me ask you. You said that. Let me let me let me ask this question, Shelley. You said, is it willful ignorance, or is it that we as a society don't know? I mean, I don't think whether you're white or black, whoever you are in the city, Asian, whoever you're in the city, uh, American-born, born in another country, we don't know the history. Have no idea. Most kids and people you point to go, if you say Calvert Street, mm-hmm. who is that name for? What was that man? Mm-hmm. You know, and what did the original Constitution say? Who used to live in that neighborhood over here? People don't know. Right. Is it willful? We just don't, we do not know our history. I don't think we know our history, and I don't think we were told our history. I think all of it is by design. And the people who are doing anti-protest, the Confederate synthesizers uh, or uh, people who still believe in a certain mentality that black people are less than and then they are superior are here today. And I did some research on these monuments. It's amazing what they stand for and how long they stood for. The black codes, the housing segregation, every negative thing that happens to people who look like me are supporters of these monuments and they did this intentionally. They brought the monuments up in the 60s during the civil rights era. They brought it up right after, um, uh, right after 
in the 1800s, right after, yeah, at, right after Reconstruction. So this was a plan, and they were spearheaded by white women. White the women. Daughters of the Confederacy. The, all of the organizations. All no, of it those, was the Daughters of the Confederacy who built the statues. Yeah, but it's more than that. It's a couple of them. It's a couple of organizations that sprung up in the 1800s, and it's all about control. It's all about white control because in the beginning, black folk were not supposed to respond to anything. We were supposed to stay in our place. And soon as we were free, they started thinking that black folk was sassy or had this mentality. And so that's how birth of a nation became to be, gone with the wind. So it's like a way of life for us. So the question is, I mean, how do you begin to change that consciousness? So the statues come down, and people are going to argue with Francis Scott Key since he wrote the national anthem. That's There's a be story a, behind that, too. It's going to be a huge Yeah, we know battle, the story, right. <laughs> um, over that particular monument. But, but, but that notwithstanding for the moment. So what, right. do you, so what is the response? I, I think um, in a flip sort of way. What are you all saying should be the response? In a flip sort of way, Trump is giving, he is unifying Folk. Now, I know I don't want to, can't take an hour to say that, but he is. He is. The NFL owners kneeling with the NFL players on Sunday, of course, wasn't about Kaepernick. It wasn't about racial justice. It was about one bully telling another group of bullies what they will do. And that was their testosterone answer to that. But it also was about business. When 70% of your players are black and they're saying, wait a minute, this guy just called my guy sons of bitches and my guy said, we're not sitting for that. We're not going to take that. We're not going to take that, Mr. Jones. We're not going to take that, Mr. Patriot owner. We're not taking it. Do you understand? We'll walk out of the stadium. And the owner says, wait a minute, now you're messing with my pocketbook. So, and when I tell you that friends of mine say, Carl, I didn't know. I don't think it's just willful. It is part of that willful uh, ignorance. It is also a belief, a desire, a hope that with Obama that we had reached this post-racial period. Obviously we didn't. But the the question I have, though, is I'm I'm curious what you think is the response to this. And what— What's next? Because this is is a gigantic community discussion. Yeah. It's a gigantic— issue that we have to kind of wrestle with how we move forward. Where do you think, what, what are you saying you, where you think we have to go from here? Can, can I That's what I'm curious. That? Go ahead. Bob, we want to uh, go for you. We yeah. can get into a lot, but yeah. go ahead, Bob. Mm, I think, uh, the, I think the r- respect the roles of the people in the community is a very important approach to talking about the, the sculptures or what's going to happen, um, to listen to the people who understand what they do. For example, this change happened, uh, these uh, actions and everything happened because la activists uh, risk their life putting out, you know, um, in the street, uh, protesting and really believing in what they do. And then also, um, artists and activists in general work together. We see in the in history like that. All type of artists, you know, like. And what is happening right now, in my opinion, uh, is 
this about the monuments and or and all the street names and all is because the people in power um, is also using dinkers and artists to um, to do their strategy plan because art is uh, powerful and we can see it right now through sculptures and if we in my opinion if we're going to take any solution about the sculpture, we the, we um, we need to work together with the institution, but not uh, let them decide what we need to do. Uh, I think the the people and the community, the activists from the community and the artists from the community should uh, decide what it is working together. But they have the opportunity to fix it. For example, the example from here for Baltimore, we saw when in 2015 we put this uh, sculpture to protest the Confederate monument and we get criticized from the community. And everything is fine. We talk to the the people from the, we get criticized from the institution, the uh, specifically art institution. Uh, and now we are getting a dialogue and what I think is we can work together using the structure and using the contact and even politicians too, you know, but we need to listen to the community now, in my opinion. That is what is next for me. Bilal, you want to say what? Oh, yeah, yeah, I would love to chime in. What's going on? So um, I was talking to Pablo about this and I feel like this is really important. Um, just watching a lot of interviews from the 90s and the 80s, I think, uh, and they kind of, tapped upon it with the arch social that went down. We need to have a uh, progressive conversation with the ignorant, with the educated, um, with the corporations, with the art councils, and talk about not only one, um, let's raise our conscience with the history, like you were saying, the lack of people knowing where these names and these streets come from. Let's bring the people up to date. And from that, I think we need to have a, a conversation, and I don't mean a conversation which corporations and organizations tend to do. Uh, we have a conversation, but we don't move forward. It should be like kind of like an ultimatum where it's like, okay, we have everybody here today, everybody's on the hot plate, and um, we're going to move forward regardless. You know, Either we're going to do this together or the artists and the community are going to move forward without it, but it has to be done. We can't sit down and play around with it for another 10 years. So when Pablo and I was talking about what's next when we were talking about the monuments we were talking about that that they they were souls like this is energy that's been put in the city and in north for a long time so for me what's next is an end to ignorance it's an end to racism it's a it's a new way of us relating to one another because all of that was false so we have to relearn each other so for me what's next is instead of calling the police when a black man is in your neighborhood, maybe go out and say, hey, my name is, hello, how are you? So um, it's really bigger than these, the steel. What's next is that you have to change your heart. You have to think that I'm human. You have to, you have to convict your police, police who, are, um, who, are, who are convicted for br brutality. So we're trying to change hearts and minds. That's what's next for me. Yeah, I think I think Sheila is oh, exactly uh, right. Um, what we you have to assess what we've done so far before you decide where we go next. And what we've done so far is 
we've banished symbols of white supremacy, but we haven't disrupted the structures that put them in place or allowed them to stand for century. Um, and so now looking at the way that uh, art is funded in the city, looking at the way that public space is controlled in, and monitored in the city, uh, and disrupting those structures which allow white people with wealth to determine what everyone else looks at. Uh, that's really the next step, and that's a big step, uh, and it's not going to happen overnight, but, but neither did removing the Confederate monuments. So this is a years-long process, and uh, we're working with a lot of other partners who aren't in the room right now to make that happen. Go ahead. Well, the question Sorry. is, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, you had, you had a very specific reason, for Sheila, for calling and saying, can we have this conversation? We want to get this out of the podcast. Well, what is it that you— we, we are still trying to bring people out. To the conversations we had one at the Arch Social. It was heavy. It was Arch Social. Deep, Arch, Arch Social. We just had it. Avenue. Yeah, Pennsylvania, yeah. right in the hub of everything, um, um, and it was well received. And so we're having another one, uh, uh, October the first, Sunday, October the first, at the uh, Living Well, two hundred thirty-five Holiday Street, from two to six. And then we're going to be at Wound Works on Friday, October the sixth, um, from six to nine. And then twenty-six forty space on October the 15th, where we're going to have a potluck and have people from the commission to really what educate. What is the commission? What do you mean the commission? Can you? It was the mayor's commission on Confederate monuments, which no, um, right. met for several months and put forward some recommendations, which neither the previous mayor nor the current mayor acted on until until community organizers said, we'll pull Lee Jackson down ourselves if you don't remove it. But But there are definitely some you know, very well-informed and active people on that commission who made a, a really good set of, of recommendations that unfortunately weren't acted on. Yeah. Right. So I think that when we talk about what we do next, um, it's not just monuments, but we have to uh, do something that teaches also. Um, um, maybe gardens of reflection. Um, uh, uh, I think what we saw in Pablo's uh, sculpture uh, needs to be returned, frankly. Um, I, I think we have to do things that get people to, to talk. I don't think we can preach to people. It doesn't work. It doesn't work well to say to people, we'll be over here at 6 o'clock and um, we're going to tell you how to love one another. Um, only the people who already love one another will show up. Uh, but I think we have to uh, determine a way uh, to be able to show um, and teach folk in those spaces. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it's a very complex thing in many ways, you know. Yes, but it is. I mean, um, so I mean, this is a complex issue. So, you know, I always thought that when they had like Light City and Paul Rucker had his pieces on Utah which is where the slave markets were, mm -hmm. where people actually put people who were enslaved to be kept while they went away on vacation, like right. a dog kennel, right? Right. And slaves being sold on what is Lexington Market, mm -hmm. um, that people being sold as slaves in Lexington Market, I don't want to say it that way, mm -hmm. that, you know, and you have these statues of Lee and Jackson, that were Lee Jackson taken down, but they still exist. Right. I mean... Maybe is that's part of what we need to do is have this kind of massive understanding of where we are as a people and put this, not as a discussion, but start building something. Like, can you imagine like you had these monuments like Paul made up and down Utah Place 
but I actually had pieces where people could take their iPhones or whatever kind of phone they have and go and hit it and hear what the story was, <laughs> right? Or if you had like Lee Jackson and actually put that back someplace, but had it in the context of other statues surrounding it, yeah. and actually began to teach about what our history was. Mm-hmm. Or you walk up Calvary Street and there's a little piece that says, this is who, what this was, mm-hmm. you know? Or Gorsuch Avenue and tell the story of the Christian Rebellion, which most people don't know. Right. And, and, and just, if you, just kind of build a sense of an, a new understanding of who we are as a history and how we got here, and actually make it as like living kind of art and life all around the city. So, it, you're, so instead of always being having this pervasive stuff around you, walking up Lord Calvert's in Slaver Street, you had something that countered that mm-hmm. right. at the same time. You know what I'm saying? This is to build a sense, a different sense of who we are. And that's how to change consciousness. That's the whole idea of the imaginings. Mm-hmm. We literally will together sit and think about something else. So those kind of answers have been coming up all the time. And again, we might not want to replace a monument with another monument. It right. could be something, probably like something so beautiful and wonderful um, that Baltimore like would be known for. I mean, I just think the space. To to me, uh, less. I mean, the, the the foundation or the standing point to um, to have this solution or do the best thing. I think should be, in my opinion, again, uh, combined with other opinions, is uh, thinking about the new generations, thinking about peace right. and love, thinking about whatever we're going to do, we're going to affect the people, you know, and how, which way we want to affect the people. Uh, I think the monuments are, were there and not many people knew about it until it's moved. That means, you know, that means something. If you want to educate the people, educate it in the school. Educate, it, educate the kids and tell the truth about it. And if you want to put a monument, in my opinion, yeah, it will be, I mean, strategically to the people learn is where the parents and the kids go. To the school and then the new places, yes, this happened. Put a memory there, but no, uh, the, the no, the more important thing is will be not the the frustration or the hate or combined with something where people get together. I don't know what, but uh, transform the sp- the space to in something which combine many things, not only the sad, because nobody liked, I mean, you don't going to put in your house something like something like that, right? Our house is not only inside the house. Our house, for mo- many people, is outside too. I think we need to be careful what we need to choose in order to everybody. And that will take time, and I don't, I, I don't think so. We can get a solution right now. No, no, I'm not looking for solutions here. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to get some better on. Yeah, I mean, I think the process that we're engaged in and kind of what Sheila and Pablo and you, Mark, are, are talking about is counter-monumentality, right? So Baltimore is a monumental city, and those so monuments... the nickname city is Monument City. Right? Oh, wow. That's what and, yeah. and so, so this idea uh-huh. that... Right. Mon- what Sheila says is mon- monuments are warnings, right? Yeah. And so we need to flip those warnings and diffuse those warnings and be a counter-monumental city that lifts up 
the the folks who struggled against those warnings and resisted and survived those warnings and through this process of counter-monumentality get to know our history and define our future and i think that counter-monumental process is what was what's going on right now and that's why it's so exciting to be a part of it well this is beginning of discussions that we have to have i think this is a this, yeah. is, this is really very important about redefining who we are and making people understand generations to come and others really challenging what has been the common held wisdom uh, that we've learned the last 40, 50 years is not the real wisdom of who we are, mm-hmm. right? Right. So uh, this is great. Well, we, we'll do a lot more of this. Um, and uh, and these, those dates again for these things coming up? All coming right. So Sunday, October the 1st, which is this Sunday, the Living Well, 235 Holiday Street, time 2 to 6, and then Woundworks, 3123 Warbrook Avenue, Friday, October the 6th, from 6 p.m. to 9, and then 2640 Space, 2640 St. Paul, that's Sunday, October the 15th, from 2.30 to 5, and that's a potluck, so bring it if you got it. <laughs> and that is the voice of Sheila Gaskins, who brought this to our attention in the first place, co-founder of Art Partied, member of the Theater Action Group, uh, someone I've known for many, many years. Always been in the house. We Long go time. way back, you guys. Whoa, sure. Mark was my drama teacher when I was fourteen. Oh <laughs> Lord! Yes, <laughs> he Long. knew me then. <laughs> and know you he now. Discovered me. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of Machiolis in the house. The local inter- interdisciplinary artist who made the Madre Lewis sculpture we've been talking about of the black woman, of the woman, pregnant woman, uh, where Lee Jackson right. Monument was. Uh, Bilal Johnson Bay. Founder of D3T Magazine back in Bmore, in the house here with us now. Owens Hoffman Andrews, who is a community organizer and educator, and uh, Carl Stokes, longtime political figure in our city, who is now executive director of the Banneker Blake Academy Public Charter School, which, full disclosure, I'm on their board. Yes, sir. Uh, and full disclosure, he's on our board. <laughs> yes, so since there, we're right? disclosing here. <laughs> we'll keep the struggle going. No, that's right. And this is Mark Steiner, folks. I want to thank you for joining our podcast today. The show is produced and edited by Calvin Perry. Uh, you can download it at steinershow.org or from your favorite podcasting app. Let your friends know. And let us know what you think. Write me directly at mark, M-E-R-C, at steiner, S-T-E-I-N-E-R, show.org. Mark at steinershow.org. And we'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new podcast. Podcast.